0: podcast coming your way. This is episode 363 Q&A episode. Steve Smee here and the Rick as always. What's up?
1: Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there?
0: Good, good. So this one, guys, we have five great topics. So let's hit the first Q&A that was sent in. The first one is 500 milligrams of test a week. My trainer says I don't need an AI or PCT. So, um, you know, first off, Listening to trainers when it comes to this stuff, really listening to anybody when it comes to this stuff, you really have to do your own homework. Um, It's your body. It's not their body. So a lot of times what happens is these these trainers, they want you to get results. They feel pressure um, because what happens is people sign up with trainers and sign up with uh, gym contracts and they quit. And... A lot of that has to do with they don't get the results they want, as quick as they want. Another thing is competition. Another gym might open up down the street. You got franchise gyms charging $10, $12 a month. So it's hard. Gym business is hard. Being a a trainer is hard. You got a lot of competition. Everybody wants to be a personal trainer. Every 18, 19-year-old who's into fitness wants to be a personal trainer. Anybody can do it. Um, All you got to do is uh, complete a test. It's really easy to do. So the pay isn't good. You're trying to get business, trying to generate commission. So, of course, the trainer wants you to succeed. So he's going to want to put you on steroids. And we see that this a lot, this trend a lot. But at the end of the day, the trainers aren't really well-versed with steroids. They just know steroids something that will make you happy. But they don't really know much about them. So in this case, the trainer's putting you on 500 milligrams of test a week. Okay, that's a standard cookie cutter you know cycle, right? And you know he's saying, oh, you don't need an AI and aromatized inhibitor. Well, you know, you can get away with no AI, but 500 milligrams of test a week, that's four times what your body is going to naturally produce. So if you're running that much more, it's going to aromatize into estrogen. There's just nothing you can do about it. So can you get away with no AI? Most people will not be able to. Most people are gonna end up with very, very harsh side effects. Uh, gynecomastia could come on, uh, sleep issues, high blood pressure, a lot of blow, a lot of water retention. Really not a good idea. And then estrogen also has a lot of hidden dangers. They can fire off cancer cells in the body too. So not a good idea to run an excessive amount of an aromatizing steroid with no AI. And as far as no PCT, obviously, again, you don't need a PCT, but it's not a good idea not to run a PCT because what's gonna happen is you're gonna crash when you come off. And when you crash, you're going to lose motivation to go to the gym. You're not going to want to work out. Your libido is going to crash. It's not going to be a fun experience. So you really should run the the cycle properly. 500 milligrams of test a week, cookie cutter dosage. That's a cookie cutter cycle. But you really need to make sure you have an AI on hand. You need to make sure you have a PCT before starting. You need to make sure you get pre- pre-workout blood work, all that factors in. So, uh, you're, you know, you're, in this case, your trainer, he's not going to be helping you out. And I would, I would really question anything he tells you going forward. Be very careful dealing with uh, someone like this.
1: So, <sighs> so two things there, AI and PCT, AI uh, maybe you could get away with or not or not doing an AI with 500 migs of test a week. A uh, lot has to do with genetics, also age. Stuff will change the way it works on you. The older you get, also, uh, what state were you in before you started u- using the steroids? So you could get away without an AI. I normally like to like to do Novadex with everything because I am very very prone to gynecomastia and that's the one side effect that i really worry about is getting that guy you know uh and, you know and having to maybe one day have the operation which i've been trying to avoid so having Novodex on hand even if you don't feel like you need to use it i mean that's you, you know you, you should you should should have it also what are your goals you know if you're just trying to gain some mass gain some strength that's fine, write Some of the estrogen, you know, let, let it aromatize a little bit. And you know, ride that estrogen wave a little bit, you'll get some, some good size, some good lifts, you'll look a little puffy, not as smooth, as you normally would if you were like, dropping your estrogen down hard, but you get some results from it. Now, if if you don't like the puffiness, and you still want to, you want to kind of gain weight lean, you might just need to add a little bit of an AI, and just tweak the dosage to how you feel and and how your body is responding. So as far as the AI goes, I'd say keep Novadex on hand uh, and ride that estrogen wave out. And if you don't like, you know, you don't like looking smooth as you're gaining that mass, then you might want to tweak a little bit of an AI aromasin or aromestane, which you can still find over the counter from some brands. Uh, th- those are those are two good ones to use. Now, when it comes to, when it comes to your post-cycle therapy, okay, I don't know why anybody would, would get off the steroids and not run a PCT. I'm sure at some point when I was younger, I've done it, but why, you know, if you're getting off the steroids, then get on a PCT so that you can recover your natural production and also just use some stuff that'll help you continue to make progress. So you don't lose the gains you've made so that you can continue to make progress weeks and, and months after you're done with your cycle. So get going on PCT, aside from recovering your own natural production that was obviously suppressed from using this much testosterone for a while, you'd also want to find some good products you can take that are not going to cause the suppression and are still going to help you continue to make gains. Clomid and Novodex, good post psychotherapy items. If you've uh, lost some size on your nuts, uh, HCG has been used. I talk on the podcast a lot about my testosterone booster, hcgenerate.com. Uh, go to hcgenerate.com. That's my testosterone booster. You can take with your PCT meds and take after PCT. Um, if you want a product to take in between cycles, Bridge, go to uh, com and look for Bridge. That's a, a A product that you can use to bridge in between cycles and still make some decent gains and feel great in between cycles without taking the hormones and taking the steroids. So make sure you're taking your creatines, make sure you're taking your aminos, make sure you're taking the stuff that you need, that you want to take to help you continue to make gains, your pre-workouts, your post-workouts. If you have any, make sure you're still up on your protein powders, Which, look, I like to get most of my protein from whole foods, from good, wholesome foods that have a lot of other nutrients and a lot of other benefits besides just the protein content. But a good protein powder is just a nice, easy, clean way to increase the amount of protein, to add more protein to your daily diet, and you don't have a lot of preparation to do or a lot of additional unwanted calories to deal with. Uh, So absolutely make sure that post-psychotherapy is not just about recovering your natural production. That's the main goal, but you also want to be on some stuff that are going to allow you to continue to make gains. And then when you get off PCT, you should get on the grind with your over-the-counter stuff that is non-hormonal, non-suppressive, and that's still going to help your progress. So um, there are your two answers, the two-part answer there, guys.
0: All right, guys, so the second one we're going to talk about is does DECA and Winstroll stack well? So, um, you know, right off the bat, let's understand what both of these compounds are. DECA is testosterone with an atom change. So, it's structurally designed to aromatize a fifth as much as testosterone. And it's structurally designed to not be a DHT derivative not have any type of DHT metabolization in the body so that's the way it was designed so it was designed as basically testosterone without an androgenic side effect without a DHT side effect and without an estrogenic side effect so it's just just consider it a very mild and weak version of testosterone now winstrol what is winstrol winstrol is a DHT derivative but it's structurally designed to be more androgenic than what you would think on paper. So stacking these two kind of makes sense, but at the same time, the way Winstroll was designed, it's it's the way it's designed more of a drying compound. Um, It kind of doesn't make much sense to run it with DECA as much as running Proviron with DECA would make more sense. What do you think, Rick?
1: If your coach that's getting you up on stage or helping you uh, get to that competition, if he says take DECA and Winstrow and you've been working with the guy for a while or you trust them, then go ahead and do whatever your coach says if you've got a good coach and you're competing and you're doing something. If you're kind of doing this on your own, figuring out your own thing, uh, look, I'm going to stand by what I've always said about DECA. You want to take twice as much testosterone as you're taking DECA to avoid some of the unwanted side effects you will get from DECA, especially DECA messing with your dick and the way you have sex. So that in itself is something to be aware of. Now, adding DECA to Winstrol, look, some guys can handle adding those two compounds. A lot of guys won't. They're both going to mess with progesterone and they're both going to have an effect on the way you have sex. If when you, especially if you add them together. So the four that you need to be careful mixing, and I've said that on the, this on the podcast before, Winstrol, Trenbolone, Deca and Anadrol. Those four you have to be real careful with, because if you mix them not in the proper way, you, it's going to mess with your dick. Not every guy gets this there might be some huge meatheads out there listening to this right now saying, Oh, you know, I do what the fuck are you talking about? I, I mix those all the time. Some guys can, you know, some guys can, this is why they're guys who make it to the Olympia stage and they look fucking incredible and they're healthy and they're good and smiling. And then you get some guys who got a little bottle of pro hormones back in the two thousands and their left nipple lactated and they lost their hair and, and they just never came back and never did any steroids again. Right. But for the most part, you know, for for Sal going to, to the office. Right. If you're trying to, to mix these two, I, I probably would keep the Deca at around 100 makes a week, maybe 200 makes a week. If I'm doing, you know, 300, 400 of testosterone. And if still on top of that, I wanted to add some Winstrol for the drying effects. Um, then maybe, you know, keep that weenie at around 20 to 50 MIGs a day if, if you're really going to go that hard. But I would just keep that deca kind of low. I, I like to keep the deca low because I, I hate me- doing anything that's going to mess with my dick. You know, I, I hate doing anything that's going to have me, you know, trying to shoot pool with a rope. It's just not worth it. So bottom line, can you mix them together? Some of you guys are out there that have the right genetics for it mix that in way more. No problem. Most of you guys out there, you know, Bob showing up to work, um, you know, Bob showing up to, to, to the spot to, to make sales every day. Um, maybe not, Bob, maybe you don't, you don't need it. And if you, if you do want to go for it, uh, keep that deck really low and make sure you keep that Winnie to four weeks. Uh, so you don't mess with your liver and, you know, and see how it goes. And if you start having trouble with your dick, cut back on the winstrol. Oh, I'm sorry, cut back if you start, if you start having trouble with your dick, cut back on the Deca first, drop the Deca first, you can continue to run the Winnie. In my opinion, the Winnie might help mitigate some of the bad issues from the Deca in a, in a situation like that. And make sure you got keep the testosterone going. I personally wouldn't run Deca without testosterone. Um, so, you know, that's just my it's a little bit of a loaded answer. But, you know, it's the best one I could offer for for this particular question guys
0: Yeah and It's important to remember um, That the whole reason That DECA was ran in the 70s And not testosterone Was because it Was much more mild So they didn't run back then Testosterone with DECA Ever That was unheard of um, And in Asia today They still don't run testosterone In their cycles So that's more mostly an American thing. That's mostly an American thing that started happening like in the two thousands. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because deca uh, turns into a weaker DHT that that competes with the DHT coming off of the testosterone. Then yeah, a little bit of deca would actually help curve some of the hair loss uh, that you can get on testosterone. And so guys tend to tend to like uh, to stack the deca with the with the testosterone. It became uh, it became a thing as, as time went on. But um, yeah, like like Steve said, before there were a lot of anti, before we recognize anti-estrogens on the market that could really be used along with, with the testosterone, uh, a lot of bodybuilders didn't, didn't like doing testosterone coming up to shows uh, because of, of the problems with it aromatizing and giving you some of that bloat.
0: All right. So let's hit the next one. How long can I run steroids? That's an age old question. So. What do we know from looking at blood work over the years? We know for a fact, the longer you run steroids, the harder it's going to be to recover from them. We also know once you hit the 12, 13 week mark, you start getting into the danger zone. So once you start getting closer to 15, 16, 17 weeks, recovery when you come off, because remember when you run these anabolic steroids, they're exogenous hormones. They signal your pituitary glands to shut off, stop producing hormones. So if you run, if you shut your pituitary glands for a long period of time, it's going to be harder to recover when you come off. So the question becomes, do you want to recover properly? Do you want to recover easy? And a lot of guys, they screw that up because they run steroids too long and then they can't recover afterwards. So now they go on TRT. So that's the number one screw up that we see. So it really boils down to, how do you wanna approach this? Do you wanna do this properly where you're cycling on, cycling off? You don't need PCT. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, you don't need TRT at a young age or do you wanna abuse steroids, run them a long period of time, And then need TRT a couple years down the road. So you have to ask yourself that question. So if you don't want to have to go on TRT for life and be a slave to the the needle and have to inject yourself once a week for the rest of your life, then you want to stick to 10 weeks, maybe 11 weeks at the most. Because what happens is these long esters, they linger in your body. So if you run, say, 10 weeks of of long esters, it's going to be in your system another four or five weeks before it clears. So you have to factor that in. So if you go 16 weeks, guess what? It's in your system 21, 22 weeks. That's a long time. You got to factor that in. So my recommendation is stick to 10 or 11 weeks and come off and spend twice as much time off to give your body a chance to recover before you go ahead and shut it down again. Another mistake guys make is they'll run steroids even for 12 weeks, they'll PCT four weeks, then they'll hop back on steroids another 12 weeks again. That doesn't make any sense. You're not giving your body time to recover. So when you run blood work after cycle, the number you have to really look at is your LH and your FSH. Those are gonna be your indicators of how well your pituitary glands are producing hormones. But also keep in mind when you're in PCT, running Clomid, novadex those types of serms are going to manipulate the LH and FSH. So a lot of guys make that mistake. They'll come off cycle, they'll run a PCT for four weeks, then they'll get blood work done too early. And the Clomid and the Nova are manipulating those numbers. So then they're like, oh my gosh, I'm recovered maybe just hop back on steroids, but no, you weren't actually recovered. Your body has to recover itself. So after four or five weeks, after you're done with PCT, that's when you get the blood work done. That's when you start seeing if your body is recovering and then you can go from there. So that's, you know, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's how it goes. You know, at the end of the day, it's, You know, um, it's up to you. It's up to you. How fast do you want to recover? How easy do you want to recover? Or do you want to just have to go on TRT the rest of your life by abusing steroids? We, you know, a lot of people, they don't, they don't think the long-term, they just get, they just want to gain. I just want to gain. I want to be anabolic all the time. I want to be, I want to gain, gain, gain. I don't want to lose my strength. I don't lose any size. So they just stay on steroids year round. And then they can't come off. They're stuck. They're stuck on TRT. I've, I, you know what, Rick? I mean, over the years, I think I've seen examples of guys running logs who have run steroids like for a year or two straight, who have attempted to recover. Um, it's happened a handful of times on logs, and the recovery rate of those individuals is zero percent. They're they're unable to recover. So, you know, this is serious business guys. If you run steroids for too long of a time, you're going to have a very tough time recovering. So that's, that's, that's the main point. And then I'm not even going to get into the health ramifications of abusing steroids. There's health ramifications. There's organs. Your organs are going to take a beating. Everything's going to take a beating, you know? So what else, uh, what else do you have to say on this, Rick?
1: All right, so I'll broaden the. I'll make the answer a little bit broader here. Uh, okay, so if you are uh, Olympia stage bound, uh, yeah, you're gonna be on steroids continuously for a long time. It c- it can take a decade to build a physique that is meant for the stage. Um, shit, I've dated some fitness girls that were on Anavar and Winstrol for six months, eight months straight. Obviously, female dosing which is, you know, 10 to 20 milligrams a day, not much. Uh, so it doesn't beat your liver up as bad as a guy doing 40, 50 migs of D ball a, a day. It's, it's different, but depending on what your goals are, yeah, you might, you might be on steroids for a long time continuously. Also, if you are prescribed TRT by your doctor, you know, your Sal Rosenberg and you will, at 55, 50 something got prescribed testosterone by your doctor and you're now you're in your sixties and you've been on it for seven, 10 years. Just, just keep writing it out, Sal. You're good, man. Write that shit right to the grave. Why not? You know, you've been prescribed, but, uh, if we're talking about just Bob going to the office uh, no, Bob, you want to cycle off that shit. You want to cycle off that shit. And you want to try to keep your gains and keep most of your progress through Good post-psychotherapy, like we addressed in, in an earlier question. Good support supplements that you're taking to keep making gains. Good, good training habits. Good dieting. And just stay on the grind, Bob. You know, get off, get off the sauce. It's, it's okay to throw some sauce in the mix to fast forward your results you know, by a few months in, in a matter of a few weeks. I mean, that's cool. We, we all like doing that. But you really, regular dude, you really want to get off this stuff think the only times anybody should be on for you know months and months and years and years is if your body's just not making it anymore Sal and you got prescribed testosterone by your doctor androgel and all this stuff at your 50s you know 40s late early early mid 40s in your mid 50s mid 60s just just write that shit to the grave why not man uh, make sure that your prostate is on point make sure your lipids or good. Make sure your red blood cell count doesn't get out of of hand. You're good, man. Competitor, you think you got what it takes to be on stage. You want to get to those uh, two, three, five million followers on Instagram so that you could make a a living, a life out of just your Instagram grind. Just write that shit out, work with your coach on it. Make sure this is what you really want to do. And and go for it, man. You know, it really, a lot of it depends on, on where you're at, what your situation is in life. I think for most guys listening, you want to cycle off that shit, like I said.
0: All right, guys. So the next topic we're going to talk about is can HGH heal me after an accident? So Rick, get into this. Tell us a little bit about this topic.
1: Well, it depends what kind of... Uh, what kind of healing you need. If there's bones and cartilage and stuff that needs to be put back into place. Uh, yeah. You're going to need to, to see a doctor, some surgery, some stuff like that. If you got some skin scrapes, cuts, uh, things like that. I mean, yeah, the ACH can help. Definitely can help the skin. You know, Anovar was prescribed for, to burn victims. Uh, Anavar does help the skin quite a bit too. If we want to go there. Um, if you have, yeah, depending on the issues that you have, there's stuff that it just, the, the, the human growth hormone or steroids are not going to be able to fix. Obviously, if you need stitches, you need stitches. If you want the stitches to heal a little bit quicker, there's some anabolics and human growth hormone that can help. Uh, if you've got a joint or something that that got messed up, obviously, once the doctor puts everything back into place, sews, stitch whatever needs to go, where it needs to go. Yeah. Then you can throw a little bit of anabolic, uh, human growth hormone enhancement peptides, even into the mix to help things move along. I, I have a buddy who, you know, shattered one of his vertebrae and he got back on his feet after using some osterin and went back and fought again and won again in fighting, but he was in bed and he had to learn to walk again with this, with this plastic vest. To keep his torso upright, but Osterin made him made him recover quicker than the doctors could even imagine. The doctors are looking at this guy like, "How the fuck did you do that?" So yeah, I mean, once everything is back in place, everything is stitched up, healed up, surgery put in, you know, the 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 screws, titanium screws, and and titanium plates put in their in the right spots, and stitches are 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 sewn up yeah once all of that is done some of this stuff can help some some sarms can help ostrian namely some steroids can help anovar for for skin stuff Uh, deca for joints um for for as far as growth hormones human growth hormone is good uh some of the other uh, peptides out there that, that we will be discussing later on the podcast are also good for healing yeah yeah so there's there's just two two aspects to it what do you think steve
0: Listen, when you get in a car accident, you know, the best thing you can do is rest. I mean, it's it's very tempting to want to, um, you know, it's very tempting to want to, uh, you know, take a bunch of stuff and, you know, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, you have to, you've got to rest, you know, so the body will heal itself if you allow it to heal itself. And a lot of times people just want to take something. Let's take something. Let's take this. Let's take that, you know, and that's not the way it works. So I would say, you know, it really depends on your injuries. Um, At the end of the day, like if you've got bone injuries, for example, if you've got clean breaks as a weightlifter, you should recover pretty quickly because bone breaks are something that body, you know, that uh, weightlifters really have an advantage because we've built very strong bones over time. But if your injuries are like soft tissues, tendons, ligaments, that's going to be a problem because our tendons and ligaments are our weak weak parts. Our spine are our weak parts. So it just depends on the injury, but you really have to just like rest. Now is the time to rest. I definitely want to not use anabolic steroids. They're not going to help you in this situation. HGH could help. HGH could help. It just, it just depends on the situation. But at the end of the day, you might not, you know, get much benefits out of HGH. It just depends on the, on the particular product that you're using. Um, what if you're taking the HGH and you're just wasting all your money because it's fake? So you have to factor that in as well. All right, guys. So the last one we're going to talk about, this kind of ties into the first one. I don't want to really talk much about it, but stretching isn't necessary for weightlifters. So this is another, this is another one we can talk about. So when you're stretching out your body, um, you look at some of the uh, top bodybuilders of, of all time, like Flex Wheeler, for example, his name Flex, that was his nickname given to him because he was flexible. If you look at some uh, in a, you know NFL and, NBA and hockey and all this stuff. These guys are very, very flexible. Um, MMA, boxing, they're flexible. If you're not flexible, you're going to open yourself up to a lot of injuries.
1: On Flex Wheeler, uh, you know, I heard a different story from an unnamed source. I heard Flex used to go into the gym, uh, do some of his workout, obviously, and then he'd go in the mirror and flex for hours. And some people think that a good part of his physique and musculature was built, Flexing in front of the mirror—that's a different story that I heard about Flex. I don't, I don't know. I just want to t- toss that in there. Maybe something we should kind of research, and maybe I should find a guy and ask him.
0: <laughs> we- no, no, no. I, I because Monster and I just did a podcast on Flex, which should be coming out soon. And that's yeah, that's definitely not why he got the
1: nickname. That's not why he got the name. I got the wrong no, information, no. huh? All right, all right.
0: I mean, I could. I mean, that might be one of, but no. But he was flexible. Like he could stand in front, square up to you. And then be flexible, and like do a split. That was how flexible he was. But um, he, of course, when he he lost his leg uh, about a year ago, of course, as well. But yeah, he was he was very flexible. But um, very very important. One of the one of the best things that you guys can do is yoga. Um, I actually did yoga earlier today. And hot yoga is an a, a advantageous because hot yoga, you're in a hot room, so you could overly stretch. So um, that's one of the advantages of, of hot yoga. You can just overstretch, you know, parts of your body. So when you stretch, you add fluids to your joints. When you stretch properly, you add fluids to your joints. When you weight train, you reduce fluid in your joints. So those of you who have joint problems, you're not stretching enough. Um, As a weightlifter, if you over time do not stay flexible, you will not be able to flex. You will not be, I'm sorry, you will not be able to have mobility in your joints. You will not have mobility in your rotator cuff. It's really, really pathetic what ends up happening. And I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. One of the reasons I tore my rotator cuff, besides I was doing ridiculous amount of weight, But one of the main reasons why I was not keeping my mobility up. So as you weight train, you build muscle, things tighten up, you lose flexibility, you lose mobility in your joints. So what happens is, especially with guys like us, Rick, who are shorter guys, more stocky, which is a lot of people who weight train and a lot of bodybuilders. But what happens is you lose exercise, things will tear. Things have to give. It's just like uh, an earthquake. When there's an earthquake, the, the, the ground shakes. But if, it's, if there's you know, buildings under the earthquake, the buildings could, if their buildings can move around, like they build the buildings in, in San Francisco and they build the buildings in Tokyo, they build them specifically where they can actually shake. right? But if they build the buildings incorrectly, where there is no, no mobility to the buildings, then they actually fall over and then they buckle from the earthquake. So it's, just, it's kind of the same thing. So if you think about it, when you're doing the bench press, your, your rotator cuff, if you're not mobile in your rotator cuff and you're pushing that bench press, you're doing so much weight, you put so much pressure on your right shoulder because you're right-handed or your left shoulder because you're left-handed, guess what? It's going to have to give. At some, in some way, it's going to have to give. So it will tear. So being mobile and being flexible is a huge advantage. So I highly recommend you guys keep up with your stretching, keep up with your mobility, and then over time, it will, uh, it will pay off.
1: Yeah, you need to stretch. My opinion, you need to stretch. If you can even incorporate some exercises where the muscle is stretched out into your training, I like that too. Every body part that I work out, I make sure that one of my sets, there is an exercise where the muscle starts off at a stretch position. You know, when I'm doing biceps, I lean the chair back on the biceps so that my arms are hanging for a nice stretch. A chest, I do cable crossovers, and I make sure to really let that, that stretch at the very top, at the very uh, um, start of the exercise, where moms where my chest is stretched and obviously you want to use lower weights because it's, it's harder to get that strength coming in from, from that position. but man is that work. And also just as general health, right now I stopped doing weight training for a couple of weeks even though I was running into this nice uh, GW cutting cycle that I want to do because I started to get different pains in different parts of, of my body. I, I started I have this this nagging pain on one of my forearms. I got a little something working at the top of my back and I kind of know these are signs that I haven't been stretching enough. There's some muscles that are spasming up around some nerves. There's just things that aren't aren't well. I know the difference between a tear and I know the difference between muscles that you need, just need to be stretched. So when I started to feel that little pain on the right side of my forearm when I started to feel some of that discomfort on my on my upper back, left left side of my upper back, I'm like, all right, you know, my body needs to be stretched. My body needs some time off from the weights and I need to go in and that hot yoga, like Steve said. So I'm, you know, I'm into, I'm going to, to a yoga place now doing that hot yoga at one hour. It's very challenging when you don't, uh, when you don't do hot yoga often, but just took time away from, from the weight training, took time away. And obviously, Us that that hit the grind pretty often, you start to see your muscles deflate a little bit when you are not doing that resistance training. But the way I'm looking at it is, I'm priming my body to to go hard now. I'm priming my body to get back into the gym really hard. And so you just need that time off, you know, especially older guys, you know, in our age group, 40, doing some juice, pretty consistent with weight training. You want to take, sometimes you'll need to just take time off. And go do yoga for a month or two. I, I've also, uh, one thing that keeps me nice and loose and keeps me from getting some of these ridiculous kind of spasmic uh, problems is going to dojo, you know, going to dojo, hitting the heavy back, you know, the warm ups we do before, before you roll, before you do jitsu, before you spar a little bit, you really kind of prime the body. and You're always kind of stretching ever since with the lockdowns and, and everything going on that, that hasn't been any real dojo or sparring or rolling to speak of. So just weight training. And although I I appreciate the shape that my body gets in just weight training, I do notice that I'm less flexible, uh, more prone to to things kind of being tight, spasming up. When I get out of bed, I'm I'm usually, it takes me a while to kind of stretch my body and get loose again. And those are just good signs to me that I just need to stretch more. And so currently, right now, I just stopped weight training, just said, you know, you, you've got a limited amount of time in the day that you can take out to go and train to go in and do something. And, you know, with with all the things going on now, I've got to be at yoga class for a good half hour before it starts. The class is about an hour. And then you want to kind of let your body cool down and and drink a little something and change uh, before you get out in the cold. Right. Because it's winter time now. And, and so, you know, it ends up being a, a good two-hour ordeal of just get to yoga and, and get back home. So if I try to do that and weight train at the same time, it's just not, in, in my lifestyle, it just, it's just not going not gonna to work out. So what I'm doing now is just stop weight training. Stop weight training, get on the yoga. And once my body feels really, really nice, then I'll go back to just having a nice stretch out routine before before my, my weight, my weightlifting and get back, back hard to weight And hopefully I'll find at least some, somebody that that's got some wrestling mats in their basement and we can just underground roll. And hopefully, uh, you know, we don't get fined, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Stretching is, is really important just for, for health and for everything and, and for your muscles. You know, you, you want to, you want to be able to stretch them out, stretch those muscle fibers, uh, try to even incorporate it into your weightlifting if you can.
0: Yeah. And the bottom line, I think I just want to be clear. um, If you're not flexible, it's okay. You can work on it. Like flexibility is one of those things that you can work on. I'm not a flexible person, never was, but I've worked on it over the years and I've gotten better and better. Um, So, you know, we all have different biology and stretching and doing yoga. You don't have to be able to stretch like a pretzel to do yoga either. It's just a, it's, all yoga is, is stretching in a controlled environment. You got a teacher, you're paying, you're paying money for someone to teach you. That, that's all it is. I, I don't know why people are scared of doing it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of people just don't understand it. They don't understand it because uh, they view it a certain way. I, I don't, I don't really know. It's, it's like, oh, I'm too tough to do yoga. Well, someone who does yoga and is flexible and is strong is tough. That's a tough person. Someone who doesn't have flexibility, like these guys in the gym, they walk around with their chests all puffed up and they have like no legs and they're all upper body and they got all these imbalances. And then they end up when they get older, like the hunchback of Notre Dame, that's not being strong. That's being weak. So you have to stay flexible. You have to work on your imbalances. It's very, very important. And You know, it's, it's something you got to do. So, you know, like Rick said, it might be time for you. If you're running into the injury bug a lot, it might be time for you just to take a break from weight training and go, go do yoga for a couple months, go do yoga for a couple months, get your, get your uh, flexibility better. And then you can transition back to weight training, and then you'll you'll know how to stretch. You'll you'll have all the tools to stretch, and do and do the yoga. So that's what I recommend. So um, you know you can you can do that, and you'll you'll be much more healthier long term. Believe me. Your spine too. Your spine. A lot of yoga poses they decompress your spine, and when you weight train, you're compressing your spine. Imagine your disc is like a an ice cream sandwich being squeezed down all the time. When you do yoga, you decompress it the other direction. So you you know you decompress it back. So just imagine the difference that you're gonna feel with your neck, with your back, and all this stuff when you decompress versus just compressing nonstop. So that's what weight training does. So really, yoga is kind of like balancing out weight training in my view it's like balancing it out so you have to do that and the inversion table too is very important inversion tables stretch all your joints out as well
1: a good body of minds that's a uh, lifelong uh, yoga enthusiast and he's just he knows his stuff very flexible guy very muscular and flexible too at the same time which is pretty amazing uh I'd had a, a pretty bad a pretty bad neck injury uh, in my late 20s. And I started going to Cairo. And while I was going to Cairo, I ran into my, my buddy. He was he was in town because he, he lives out of state now. And we went and got a couple of training sessions in. And I let him know I was I was kind of going to Cairo. And he says, Well, you do look a bit stiff. It looks like you've been going to the Cairo. He says, Just, just stop. Start doing yoga. We're going to do a, a yoga training session tomorrow when I when I swing by for training and just stop going to Cairo, and do the yoga. He says, uh, your back, your spine is supposed to be like a palm tree, it's supposed to be flexible. And and maybe for uh, certain parts of, of the year, you, you might be leaning a little bit this way for other parts of the year you might be leaning a little bit that way. And it just it's going, it's never going to be fully straightened. it's not kind of supposed to. He says, you got to kind of let it and so you give it flexibility, you give it stretching daily. And some days, if you take an x-ray of it, it's going to be leaning a little bit this way. And then you come back and take an x-ray a couple of months later, it might be leaning the other way a little bit more. You just got to keep stretching it and keep it flexible and let it do what it does. And as long as you're stretching it, it'll be fine. Doesn't matter what it looks like in a in an x-ray Cairo gives you. Says so if you go to Cairo, he's just going to stiffen you up. And then you'll always have to be back over there, and you'll always need adjustments, and you'll always be going back to, to him. So he said, uh, instead of a Cairo, get someone who can give you some really nice deep t- tissue massages to loosen up the muscles all over your body. He says, and that works. But your spine, you don't need adjustments. You don't need any of that shit. Just horrible. Sure.
0: It's horrible. Chiropractors are horrible. If you get going to a chiropractor and he cracks your back and he takes your neck and he jerks your neck one way and jerks your neck or the other, that's like going to being in a car accident. It makes absolutely no scientific sense. Guys, stay the fuck away from chiropractors. They are scam artists. Been there, done that. I dealt, I dealt with chiropractors. They made my problems worse. They didn't make my problems better, but think of the logically, why would jerking your neck, one direction and jerking it the other direction and cracking it be good for your neck it doesn't make any sense you'll feel an initial something good initially and that's just the gases from your bones being released that's all it is so it's 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 just it's it's a very big scam yeah.
1: yeah and and i've had i've had a massage therapist that gave you some really nice massages and you feel your spine crack a little bit during some of those massages but that's full body deep tissue i mean it's something serious the Cairo, I, was, I ended up going to, I mean, man, she had like three or four people in the room at the same time. She would put you on this table and the table would drop. And then she'd put a little block under one side of your leg and say, sit there. And she would go down the line, down three, four people in different rooms. And it was these little treatments where, you know, the table would drop and then this would drop. And I'd say, hey, so what about like this tightness down here, my muscles down here on And she would go, no, no, it'll, it'll, it'll be, it'll be fine. We just, this is how, this is how the treatment is supposed to go. And I used to walk out of there going like, what the fuck am I paying all this money for? Like she didn't do nothing. I didn't even, I didn't even cry during, during the, during the massage. Right. There was no massage. It was just one of these put you on a table with, you know, four or five different people around and just drop this on the table, drop that, put a block here, put a block there. And look, if you've never done yoga, if you've never really done a lot of stretching and you have some back issues and you go to someone like that, you might say you're getting incredible results. Oh man, you know, I I couldn't walk right after my accident and and my chiro got me going. But look, man, if you go to good yoga classes and you stay with it, a good place, warm, hot yoga, and you stick with it, you're going to never even think about going to to a chiropractor again, it's going to put you on, the, on that, that table that drops this way and drops that way and, and put a block under your knee and, and no, without put another block under that hip and I'll be back, I'll be back, I'm going to the next room. And it's just silliness. The silliness, it doesn't, doesn't really do what you want it to do. And at the end of the day, yoga. And if you could find a good massage therapist that's going to freaking get their knuckles in there and really, really massage things out and make everything feel loose, that's a different story. You know, that you, you
0: see the massage therapists, though, uh, the ones that you, people go to, those are the ones for like 60, 80 bucks an hour. Those, you know, they're just people with, with like two year degrees. I mean, it has nothing to do with the degree, but all they do is just massage you. They're, they're there to fucking make you with your good. spine,
1: though. Yeah. I mean, they, they but, it, it, but they, are nice to get see, your muscles so ringed out, though.
0: The problem with that, though, if you've got like disc issues, which we all do as weightlifters, going in there and fucking with your disc and massaging it does not heal the disc it can actually make it worse because what happens is the nerve it's pinching a nerve. So a massage therapy will go in there. They'll mess around with your muscles and mess around with your disc. They don't mean to do it, but now they're pinching your nerves worse. So you'll leave there actually feeling worse. So you have to be careful who you go to with a massage therapy. They have to know what you're, what they're doing. They have to know that you're a weightlifter. That's very important. It can't be just people who you're,
1: you're, you're right. And let me tell you something. I think as a compliment to already a good yoga program that you're doing on your own is great because helping get the the back the the your hamstrings loose, helping loosen some of the muscles will actually help you walk properly. A lot of times you might have a knee injury or you might have uh, something wrong, you know that a. a, a one of your muscles, one of your legs, is, is not, it's kind of spasmic, it's not really working well. And that changes your posture, uh, change some pains and aches in your muscles can change the way you walk a little bit. If you do some massage therapy, even if it's some Vietnamese girl walking on your back, all right, <laughs> and, and, uh, and you do that with yoga, you got something going. You got a good combination, but but you can't just go to, like Steve saying, uh, somebody that took a, a couple of some classes on massage therapy and think that they're going to alleviate all of your back problems because they're really not massage therapy is to get deep into muscles, get, get deep in there and, and and make basically beat every, every muscle up in every little corner of your body, loosen everything up and tell them to stay the fuck away from your spine and you're good. And then your spine work and most of your joint work, you really do on your own, with with yoga and obviously in yoga you're stretching the muscle as well so it it has both effects and if you do a combination of both you'll get some good you get some some good effects if you can only do one thing if you can only do one thing do the yoga it takes care of your joints your your spine and it helps stretch the muscles if you can complement it with something have an additional uh, person just get their knuckles in there and get into the into the into the muscles all the muscles and make sure to stay the fuck away from your spine or, or any jerking motions or messing with your neck or any of that stuff that that Steve was just describing which is, is terrible for you uh, but I think it's a compliment that they'll the work together what do you think Steve
0: one of the tricks that everyone can do right now to test this out is stand against you can you can do a few things. You can st- go up against the wall with your back to the wall and put your back of your head on the wall, and you'll notice something is screwed up. You'll notice that your 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 basically your spine is off, and that's from weight training. That's from years of weight training. You're gonna build up so much muscle that the spine is gonna be off. But another another trick, maybe it's, it's hard for me to describe that one. How about this one? Can you just stand? And then lean over and put your, touch your fingers to the ground in front of you without bending your knees. Can you do that? Most of you listening to this probably can't even do that. That's because you haven't been stretching. You're building all this muscle in your legs and you, you haven't been stretching. So the muscle's so damn tight. Another trick that you can try, and I, I can't even do this one, is get on your back and put uh, one of your legs straight up in the air at a 45 degree angle without bending your knee. Can you do that? I can't do that. My hamstrings are so fucking huge and strong and unflexible that I cannot do that. But if you go to like a Pilates class, all the women in the Pilates class who've been cheerleaders since they were six years old and have done gymnastics since they were eight years old, they can all do that in their sleep. But you as a weightlifter, you can't because your hamstrings are so fucking strong that it's impossible. That's an indicator. Hey, you know, I've got a, I've got a flexibility issue and I need to work on that. So that's why I work, I've been working on that and to improve it, which, which I have improved it. And then another way that you can test this out is get on your back and hug your knees to your chest and then look down to where you can, you can see your belly button. Now most of you listening to this will not be able to see your belly button because if you left your head up, you're going to be off the ground. So you have to actually be able to look at your belly button while your head is on the ground. So that will tell you that your spine is not straight. And if you have a hunched spine, that's going to cause your, that means you have disc issues. You've got herniated disc and a lot of disc problems that have to be resolved. So, you, you know, you got a lot of work to do. We, we all have a lot of work to do. And that's something that I've improved on over the past year or two myself. So those, those are some tricks. And some guys will say, Oh, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I just want to look good in the mirror. It does matter because over time, like I said, you're going to start getting herniated discs and you're going to have these disc problems and it's going to be really, really tough. And you're not going to be able to work out the way you want to. So we don't want it to come to that. So it's better to use preventative stuff to stretch and, um, and and do your stretching and doing mobility exercises rather than wait till problems arise like I did and then have to play catch up. So it's really not that hard to do guys twice a week, go to a hot yoga class, keep weight training the way you're doing. Just go to a hot yoga class twice a week. That's all I'm asking you to do. And if you do that, you'll be fine. Even you Rick in New York city. I know this for a fact because I talked to people from New York there are yoga studios open oh, yeah, in New York City. Yeah, so I, you don't have any excuses. Yoga teachers. Yeah, yeah, you don't have any excuse no matter where you live. Because the nice thing about yoga class is the people in there believe in science. So if you go in there, they're going to be wearing masks. They're going to be social distancing. So you don't got to worry about the pandemic because people actually care about their bodies. It's not like going to a restaurant where no one gives a shit or a bar. Yeah,
1: The place I go to, the guy actually got, uh, he earned his stripes uh, through a uh, Bikram, the, the Bikram yoga guy. And once uh, the guy had all these accusations about sexual misconduct, he took the name off. But, uh, you know, I, I asked him, I said, I said, hey, uh, was there hot yoga before Bikram? Or was he the guy to to bring that along? He says, no, nah, no, nah, he brought along. He said, I studied under him. So I said, oh, shit. So you paid the 10 grand to go to to go uh, to the retreats? He laughed at his ass off. He said, yeah, I did. But, you know, after the allegations, I did. And he's a great uh, instructor. But after the allegations, I just took the name off i just couldn't be associated with anyone that had a. well if
0: you're a yoga instructor at his level women are going to throw themselves at you and you're going to assume they're going to throw so that's where that happened yeah but he's a piece of shit for for what he did he was basically a good
1: documentary out about it that's how i know about bikram is his documentary
0: but his um yeah but i mean just because we practice the bikram yoga doesn't mean we have to agree with the way he was but if you look at the, the poses of twenty six poses of Bikram yoga, um, it's really fascinating the way he put them together. And when you do that, oh, he didn't
1: put them together. His his teacher back back in at home did. Like he, yeah, he, yeah yeah it Wasn't even him. It yeah. was his his instructor. Gotcha in gotcha yeah. yeah
0: yeah. So I mean the wh- whoever put that together, whatever. It's kind of like and it's it, you know it's it, it's amazing when you're actually doing it as as a weightlifter because you're like holy shit, like I'm literally like one pose I'm hitting. This area and next pose, I'm hitting the opposite area. It's so consistent back and forth versus weight training and just doing your upper body for the next year, for example. Well, Bikram style yoga, it balances everything throughout the class, and you'll really appreciate it when you go do it.
1: You know, meatheads that just lift at the gym, pump juice, and don't really stretch, don't really do any functional stuff. You know, those are the guys that you can go into the gym and and rep out, you know, 315 pounds or 400 pounds, just rep that shit out. And then you go and have to shovel some snow during the winter and then you hurt your back shoveling snow. But you can rep out 300 and change, no problem. Squat, a bunch of weight, no problem. But then, you know, you, you have to move from one apartment to the next and you just hurt your back, hurt your, your shoulder, uh, you know, pull a hamstring, just, you know, get in a couch up a flight of steps. So that's not functional guys. If you're one of these guys that you can throw all this weight around, but you go shovel some fucking snow and then your back hurts for a few days. That's not functional not functional at all. And although we all like to look nice and we all like to have good proportions and, and be symmetrical and, and look ripped Man, if you can't do anything with it, like functionally do anything when it comes down to it, to me, it's a waste of time. I'd rather give up uh, some size, some muscle mass and actually be functional when I have to do some shit, actually be there and be able to do it and and not injure myself doing these mundane tasks that if anything, you've you've weight lifted yourself into having this, this this bulky body nice looking body that is just not functional. That'll like a, like a porcelain doll. It'll just break apart. It, whenever you start having to use that strength in some ways that are not these uniform movements that you've been repeating over and over again, when you got to get a couch up and down a flight of steps, when you got to go shovel some shit, when you got to go, whatever functional things you need to do, uh, and that requires strength, and as soon as you get out of the, the and the kind of exercise, uh, really con- constrained isolation exercises that you're that you've been used to doing at the gym for years, you, you start getting injured. It's what's you know, I don't see any I don't see much fun in that, in my opinion, especially if you're just a walking around guy and you're not you're not really competing or or, you know, st- going up, up, up on stage and, and trying to, to look look perfect. Uh, you're not functional. I, I think we should all strive to be functional, even if you you give up some size and and maybe give up uh, some of the weight you put on the bar on, on these exercises, because you're you're being really functional. I guess that's one thing I, I respect about about CrossFitters, uh, very functional individuals when it really comes down to being able uh, to to do some other kind of work and and some other kind of stuff. Also, fighters, incredibly functional even though they might not be able to, you know, do, do some of the same weightlifting exercises with the same weights that a meathead in the gym can do uh, that fighters not going to be tired doing some kind of, you know, lifting or, or moving stuff around uh, where a bodybuilder will probably get tired after a while probably quite quickly.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, weightlifting is one of those things. We talked about steroid use early in this podcast. You can run steroids cycle them properly and you can run them for a long time. No problem. Or same thing with weight training. You can weight train, rate train like a moron and injure yourself. Or you could weight train smart and do what you have to do. The maintenance. It's so like a, a used car. Um, you buy a used car. It's a huge investment buying a used car. Cause you don't got the warranty anymore. You gotta make sure you take that car to the damn good auto mechanic you gotta know how to change your own oil, because if you take it to the, an auto mechanic, he's probably gonna fuck up your car. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta trust the guy to change your brakes. You gotta trust this guy to take it, you know, not fuck up your transmission. You gotta baby it. You gotta baby that used car. You don't have that warranty anymore. It's gonna cost you more to fix that used car than it will just to buy another car. You know, so it doesn't make any sense. You spend 5000 on a used car, but in, and then a transmission costs 4000 It doesn't make any sense. Your body's the same way. And the, the problem is, unlike a car, you have to, you don't get that luxury of, you know, donating it and then buying another used car when you fuck up your car because you took it to the wrong auto mechanic or you didn't take care of it. You didn't change the oil. You don't have that luxury. Your body, once you start losing your discs, you're done. I mean, it's over, man. I got three herniated discs. Everyone listening this is a weightlifter has herniated discs. The question is, do they bother you? That's that's the question. You could have eight herniated discs and they don't bother you. You could have one herniated disc and it bothers you. But you know, it's, don't you don't want to end up end up with with those problems as you get older because it's not good. So I mean, t- you know, go take care of your body, guys. This is the only podcast where we tell you guys this stuff it's the only podcast every other podcast you know they don't tell you this they don't teach you how to take care of your body we want you to do this long term and of course you know if you don't your body is going to punish you it's that simple so all right that that just about does anything else you want to add
1: yeah long podcast today good stuff man thank you guys for listening thank you guys that Follow us that join us. Thank you, everybody that reaches out to me on social, RickyVRock.com. Thank you guys that email me questions, uh, um, rikivrock at gmail.com. Uh, thank you guys that come out to the forums and interact with the, with the guys at the forums, evolutionary.org, elitefitness.com. Uh, these are the places where you know we hang out at. Steve is mostly at the forums. I do a lot more of the social stuff. So I, you know, really, really appreciate everybody that listens. Uh, Appreciate all you guys that comment on YouTube. I'm answering every comment on YouTube now. So all you guys that listen to us on YouTube and you want to come in and comment, whether you want to say something complimentary or whether you want to hate a little bit on the content. Listen, I appreciate it either way. I'll engage with you. I'll discuss it with you. Um, You know, I mentioned on one of the podcasts, that living with a female lowers your natural testosterone production and some guy called me out on it he said it was bro science and had to you know had to drop him some studies and drop him the reference to the journal where i got the information from and i'll do that if you want to come out and play if you got something you want to talk about come by and 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 ask if you're a little shy and you'd rather do it in private Uh, register on the forums, evolutionary.org, elitefitness.com. You can send a private message to Steve, myself on the forums. If you are on social already, you don't want to create another account, you have some questions, then uh, RickyVrock.com. In the description of this podcast, I always put the URL. Um, Through that link, you'll find my social. You'll find a direct way to get in contact with me. Drop me your message via private message. Uh, you can also email me, uh, reikivrock at gmail. Again, questions for the show, show ideas. A lot of shows that we do are ideas that you guys are giving us. You know, a lot of times we'll get someone who comes in, or a lot of times we'll get reoccurring questions, either in in our inboxes or on the forums, and we'll make it a show. The whole This whole thing is about bring you guys value. And uh, if you guys want to support my brand a little bit, try to help help me get through these COVID times, man, which have been really, really rough on, on everybody's financials. Uh, come out and support. Needtobuildmuscle.com. That's need to needtobuildmuscle.com. Incredible product line. If you have any questions about the product line, make sure to drop me an email. I'll make sure to take care of you, all your questions. If you're already working with a coach, and you think he's leading you the wrong direction, and you want to ask me some questions, hit me up, rickybrock.com, get to my social. I'll go over what your coach is telling you to do, and uh, no charge. I'll just see what, what if there are any changes or anything I could recommend. Um, if you're taking some some steroids already, and you want to know what natural supplements to take, some of the stuff I mentioned on the show that I make, hit me up. You know, this show is, is pretty interactive. You're not just sitting there listening to us. You can actually, as soon as you finish listening to this show, you can follow, You can go and get in contact with myself or Steve. You know, one of the reasons we push my, my brand so much here, n2bm.com, if you go to N, like Nancy, the number two, B as in boy as, M as in Mary, .com, that'll send you to my store as well. reason we push my brand so so much is because it allows us to not only do the show, But then it allows us the time to just come back and answer all of your other questions when the show is not going on. So if you listen to the show and you have additional follow-up questions, you don't just have to live with it. You can actually reach out to us right away. And Steve is always great incredible at answering any questions you have um, on the forums. I'm always around to answer any questions that you actually give sent to me directly or post on our pages or if you put any comments on, on YouTube Uh, Now I'm coming out and and answering all of them. So, uh, look, we really appreciate you guys uh, listening, and we hope to continue to bring you many, many, many more shows for many more years to come.
0: All right, guys, this was number 363. We'll talk to you guys next week. Keep the questions coming.
1: Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys.